What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. It's David Isaac. This is the Sports Ethos Grizzlies podcast. We are back with a post game. Memphis Grizzlies improved to 13 and 10 on the season, beating the Mavericks 97 and 90, making some history, man. Back to back games making history. They beat the Thunder by, uh, what, seven, who knows? 73. 700. 73. Yeah. yeah. 700. Be, the, more like it. Yeah, it was insane. I was just telling Isaac I had to go back and watch that game. I, I was watching it, and I hadn't been feeling good. I took some medicine. They were up by 40 in the third, and I was gone, man, snoring, slobbering all over myself on the couch. <laughs> it was ugly. Nobody wanted to see it. So then tonight they take care of business. It got a little shaky at the end. The free throws nearly came back to bite them. Yeah. The Grizzlies 14 of 24 from the free throw line tonight. If you have listened to this show before, I'm sure you've heard me like preach about how much I think free throws matter. If you have not, welcome to the show. We're glad to have you. But I, I, it's just very uncharacteristic. Jaron Jackson, one for four. It doesn't surprise me that Steven Adams missed free throws. It's what he does. De'Anthony Melton, one for four from three. Obviously, he's generally like, well, not obvious, but generally he's a better free throw shooter than that. Um, but they were able to come up with stops down the stretch and get the win. Good game. Steven Adams played fantastic tonight. I'd venture to say that this may be his best game as a gri- Grizzly to date. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, it's a big night for him. 11 points, 13 rebounds, three assists, a steal, four or seven from the field, uh, three or seven from the free throw line, 27 minutes, plus 14 in front of the seat. That's the highest on the team, uh, plus 14 tonight. He's played really well. Man. Finishing at the rim, something that he struggled with at times. He played really good defense, hustling, man, offensive rebounds. Just did a fantastic job, and that's kind of what I thought we were getting. When, when you got him, you talking about that trade-off from offense to defense and intangibles that kind of Steven Adams bringing, you thought he'd bring a little bit more of those and it's kind of make up some of that offense. And this is the guy that I thought we were getting. Um, and if he can play like this, he can be a big help to this team. And we kind of talk about maybe replacing him in the starting lineup. Not if he's playing like this. Uh, I mean, fan, fantastic night for him. And I definitely think his his best night is a Grizzly. And Grizzlies win fourth in a row, fourth in a row, wire to wire. Um, and coming off a historic 73-point win over the Thunder, and, and what's good about this one is, and I've talked about this a lot, is you kind of look at those those middle-tier playoff teams and you, you think if, hopefully if the Grizzlies can be in that position late in the season, you want to kind of get the advantage of some of these teams you could be jockeying for seeding with. And Dallas is definitely one of those teams. They took care of business with the Clippers. They're 2-0 against them. Took care of business back-to-back at home against Denver. 2-0 against them as well. I um, mean, you get the Mavericks right back at FedEx Forum on Wednesday. Now, it's probably going to be a little bit tougher. You, you think they'll have some of their guys back. I think Luca will definitely probably be in that one. We'll check on Porzingis uh, and Colin Stein. He has the illness. I don't think it's non-COVID related, so I'm not sure what's going on with that. But you definitely think Luca will be back. So it'll be a little bit tougher, but it'll be back on the home floor, man. You got a nice opportunity to go up 2-0 on not only a team that could be their jockey for business at the end, but your division rival. Uh, if you think about the Grizzlies attempting to win that Southwest division, they're in first place right now, man. You kind of want to hang on to that. That'd be nice to see, but uh, nice win, uh, like you said, man. But wire to wire, did get a little sloppy there, bridging the third to fourth quarter, some turnovers, missed free throws, man. I don't remember when I looked at the stat sheet, it was 14 to 24, 58.3%. I was a little surprised. I don't remember it being that bad. I guess maybe I just wouldn't pay attention because they win the game and it's not as in your face when, when you don't necessarily need them. But it became game, game now late, man. Tim Hardaway Jr. just exploded, man. Sometimes guys get on these runs, kind of like Desmond Bain was doing. In the game, man, the rim must look like an ocean to those guys. Uh, 
Tim Hardaway Jr. got on a heater, man, and they just – great defense. I mean, it wasn't the defense, man. He was just knocking down tough shots, having a tough shot, and the thing got a little – a little dicey there, but the Grizzlies were able to make some plays. The Tyus Jones floater, uh, there's a Bain made some shots, and they they were able to able to pull it pull it out, man. But a, a nice victory four in a row, and it's really good to see, man, when when your superstar player goes down, uh, to be able to continue to, to win games like this. Because I don't think this is what we thought would happen when John Morant went down. You talking about tread water, and they're sitting here four and zero, man, in fourth in the West. I think it's fantastic. Yeah here's a crazy stat like right now the Grizzlies are in fourth in the Western Conference they're two and a half games back of third place from fourth place to tenth place it's only a two game spread yeah so they're further back from third place than they are ahead of tenth place you know, I know that that, That's that, crazy. that four from ten like four to ten in the West it's just going to be a dogfight throughout this season, man. You know, you've got – and the Grizzlies, like, they're in great shape right now. If they manage to win this game Wednesday at the Forum against the Mavericks, you're going to be, you know, 2-0 and up against Dallas, 2-0 yeah. against – you know, the, the teams that you just mentioned, the Grizzlies are going to be in great shape because you're jockeying for position – and it could very well come down to the head-to-head as to who ends up in the play-in and who doesn't. So, great wins for this team. The thing that's standing out, man, is defense. They, Their point-of-attack defense pretty much all season prior to this four-game win streak has been terrible. It's been better during this four-game streak. They they did – you know, they got kind of lucky tonight and in the Thunder game that the other teams are missing some players but I'm not going to give them too much of a like a ding for that because the Grizzlies are missing their best player doing this four game win streak. So you know Oklahoma City missing their best player, they're a lottery team. The Grizzlies are supposed to beat them anyway, so they took care of business. They done what they were supposed to do. This Mavericks team, you get them without Luca and KP. So you know like that that's a a, a boost for the Grizzlies. The game is easier than what it would have been. Or, you know, theoretically it is. This game was not easy by any stretch of the imagination. They did lead wire to wire, but it, it got, you know, it got close to end. I think they got within five in the fourth quarter, if I remember that correctly. And yeah. uh, the, the Grizzlies were able to, you know, they were within five even late. And then uh, then Tyus made those uh, two free throws to, to make it a three-possession game. So, you know, the Grizzlies are just taking care of business, doing what they need to do. Desmond Bain was sensational tonight. Um, you know, and Isaac talked about it on Twitter about, you know, you can just watch him. You can see his growth, uh, the swag, the confidence, yeah, everything that he's doing, his level of confidence is just significantly higher this year than what it is last. And for a guy that you got at the end of the first round, man, it's just looking more and more like a steal. Yeah, I mean, and I think it started back in the summer. Uh, and we've talked about this a lot, uh, about them entrusting him and putting him on a ball in, in summer league and kind of letting him be the leader of that team. Um, and, and I think he took all of that and, and, and continued, because, I mean, he's a guy that has a tremendous work ethic anyway. If you Going back to TCU, if you talk to the coaches and hear anything that they say about him, he's known as a gym rat. I mean, you can look at him and tell, like, like the shape he's in. I mean, he's in the gym. He put, he's putting in the work, and I think the confidence – that Taylor Jenkins and the staff is putting him in, I think it helped. I said it back then. I was like, man, this is going to pay off when we get into the season. And he's had one little little stretch there where he struggled a bit when, when Dylan first came back. But outside of that, he's been tremendous. And it feels like week by week, he's just getting better, man. It really had his coming out party, career high, 29 points tonight, and kind of put this team on his back. And 
you you love to see it. Um, and 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 outside of him, Jaron was having a really good game, man. He got in foul trouble, but he looked really good early. Um, able to get in the paint and do some things, uh, knock down a couple threes. And, and you love to see him get in the bank in the paint, man. Now, every time he gets a paint touch and scores, man, I I just love it because I mean, you know what he can do from the perimeter. The inside stuff is kind of what you've been worried about, and he's been been more and more comfortable in there and has more confidence on the inside as, as of late. And you just kind of hope that continues when Ja comes back. Because we talked about this, and he said it's kind of, and you said this, it's kind of frustrating to see these guys, the 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 bench guys and, and some of the role players, kind of play with more of a sense of urgency now that Ja's out, man. If you can get these guys to play like this when Ja's on the floor, I, I think you really, really have something here. But to go back to Desmond Bain, man, um, some, some comments he made after the game, he, he was kind of asked a question about, Dallas and being one of the teams that passed on him. He talked about playing at TCU right down the road and that he wanted to come in here and had a good game. I know he had a lot of family there, a lot of family and friends. He talked about that on a walk-off interview. Uh, and, and then he made, they made a joke. And, I, and this is not, and I tweeted this out, and I think a lot of, kind of going viral, man. Mavs fans are kind of upset that they passed on him. And I don't think this was a shot at Josh Green. I think it was more of a shot at the Mavericks passing on him. But he was like, man, uh, Josh Green was taken before me, and I don't even think he played tonight. I tweeted that out, man, and Mavs, Mavs Twitter is kind of in shambles right now, man. But, yeah, man, thank you to all the GMs that passed on Desmond Bain. Uh, for the Grizzlies to be able to get him at, at the end of the first round is tremendous, man. I think you redraft this draft. He's a top-ten pick probably easily. Um, I mean, just elite shooter, and I think people kind of talked about his length and his short arms is kind of the reason why he slipped in the draft, man. But this guy can do other things, too. He's not just a shooter. I mean, he's taking it to the basket, man. Some his layup packages, some of those finishes that he makes unorthodox. I mean, we got two guys, him and Dylan, that can really go in there and make these weird layups. Uh, and, and I mean, he's really shown a propensity to do that. And he stepped up his game as well. And just just a very special player, man. I, and I think we're lucky to have him here in Memphis and definitely to get him at 30 where they got him. It's just tremendous. And it's, I still can't believe when I think about it that you got 29 teams that let him get all the way to 30, man. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's wild to me the things that allow a player like that to fall. Because you go back, I remember when I first started watching film on Desmond Bain in the draft process, and I'm like, there is no way this kid makes it outside the lottery. There's no way he makes it outside the lottery. The stuff that he was doing at TCU, I'm like, he he has everything. He he's six six, so he, he's not a short guy. And then you look and and you see like the, the negative wingspan, and that that is literally the only thing that you can point to. And and maybe maybe somebody would argue that you know he is what he is, and his ceiling may not yeah. get any higher. Like you know he may not you know he may not ever be a superstar in the league, but what he is right now is going to be a longtime NBA player that can contribute on a championship team. And that's, you know, a guy to step up and, and take over. And and I'm I don't know, like I'm not convinced that he is outside of the possibility of being an all-star at some point in his career. You know, like that that's that's probably a long shot, honestly, and especially in the smaller market. But he has all the tools. And I remember his rookie season, you know, when he made some of the more athletic plays some of the local media even being surprised that he had that in his bag. And, and you and I were both like, you yeah, like we have TCU film. This kid was yeah. doing that all the time. Yeah. And, we were saying that the entire time for sure. Yeah, You know, it's not like, that's not a thing to kind of, you know, 
pat us on on the back, but we were, you know, we were both high on him. And again, you know, going back to the the draft process, that was before you were with, you know, with us full time, and he was your trade up target. Like it, it, that was your dream trade up target. So it worked out pretty good. You know, the the, the dream came true, and uh, and I can't say that there's really been much of of any negative from him coming to the Grizzlies. Yeah, and, and I don't disagree with that process that he could be an all-star level player one day I definitely think because I think the idea was that he was just going to be a role player a guy that could come in and knock some shots down for you and I think already that he's shown that he's something north of that I think he's a if he's a role player he's a, a very good one and I mean we've seen guys that have done a role player Draymond Green is a role player and he's been all-star games and to, to another level and the guy that can shoot the way that Destin Bain I mean he's an elite shooter and, and that's a, a talent we've seen guys like that are well, you're talking about a Chris Milton, and I'm not going to say he compare him to Chris Milton, but, I mean, the way he's playing right now, I, I think he can be in that level of player. I, I really do. Um, and, and you've seen Chris Milton make an all-star game. I think Desmond Bain can make one. I think he's that talented because, again, he's shown that he's not just a spot-up shooter. I mean, he's a playmaker. I mean, he can get to the basket. I mean, we've even seen him throw down some athletic dunks as of late. I mean, he can do it all. I mean, he really, really doesn't have a – Weakness in his game, better defender than, than people give him credit for. I mean, just overall, I mean, he's a, a really good player. And to, to have him, again, uh, on a rookie contract, be able to get him where you got him, um, and also to, to be able to add a guy like Dylan Brooks to him, it, I think it, it, it's best. And I can't remember who somebody tweeted this out on Twitter tonight. is like that maybe they don't need to make a big move. Maybe you look at the guys on this roster and internal growth over the next couple, two or three years, you might have your core already here. I mean, we we don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I still think they go out and make a big move, but I mean, if Desmond Bain can be what we've seen lately, and this again, I mean, he hasn't even probably touched the ceiling yet. I think there he's he can he's going to get more experience. I don't know if there's a lot of more growth from him because I mean, he was more of a finished product coming out, but I think the consistency with it, I think, is something that can, that he can grow into. And, and if he does, man, I think you got another guy right there. Yeah, that was Ryan that tweeted out. I can't remember what his uh his ad is on Twitter. It's like DR Grizz or something like that. But yeah, Dr. He, Grizz, yeah. Yeah, he he's the one that uh he's the one that tweeted that out. But yeah, you know, it, it's it's very possible that they have everything on everything that they need on this roster right now to make a championship run. Does that happen this year? I, I don't think that that is likely because I just don't think that the uh, the development is there yet. But you know, with, with these guys, you know, Dylan Brooks and the way that he played in the playoffs last year, we're seeing growth from Jaron Jackson. Like you said, he was playing well before he got into foul trouble tonight. You know, you look at his stat line; he was uh, thirteen points, five rebounds, two assists. Uh, he breaks his streak. What was he up to? Like seventeen games in a row with the block shot. And yeah. then, the, the, you know, this one breaks it into his streak. But, you know, the, these guys, Dylan and Jaron and Bain, like, and, and DeAnthony Melton, DeAnthony Melton was good tonight as well. And, you know, he, he was a minus eight on the, you know, the, the plus minus, but he had some spectacular defensive plays. You know, it had that, that crazy chase down block. And that's what my, my son was watching the game with me. And he referenced, you know, like the, blocked by James that, you know, that chase down that he had on Iguodala. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, like that, it was very, you know, similar to that, you know, it, like chase down block style. But you have you have your guys that 
have the capability of being stars, and then you have your guys that have all the makings of the role players, the type of role players that you need. It's just all about developing and then, you know, putting the pieces that you need around them. And, and, and shout out to Stones, man. Tyus Jones is really stepped up his game and having been forced to move into the starting lineup with John Moran out. And again, if he's a guy that they do look to move at the deadline, which I, I think he would be on that list if you're making a list of guys that they could possibly move at that time. I mean, I think he's up to stuff. I mean, you look at his line tonight, man, 16 points, six rebounds, seven assists, only one turnover, two steals, man, just filling the stat sheet, five of nine from the field, six of six from the free throw line, uh, plus nine. He played 31, 34 minutes. Just a, just a really, really good night for him, man. Some big shots, hit a couple free throws, hit that floater late in the game to kind of really help put this one away. And he's done a fantastic job of running this club. I mean, with, with assists, not turning the basketball over, which is something that he rarely ever does. Um, and again, I've been really, really impressed. I mean, he's kind of been seamless. I mean, he's jumped in the starting lineup and done a really, really, really good job um, and had another big night tonight, man. So I'm glad glad to see that for him uh, because, again, I mean, if, again, these role players and these guys can play at the same level when Ja comes back, I, I think this team can really – really make some noise, and, and that's going to be the question. And, and you got to look at this, and people make, have made some jokes about uh, when his team is better without Ja. And I'm not, not going to say that. I think there's some things that you have to, to kind of look at and reasons why. And, and, I, and I mentioned it earlier, is guys now feel more pressure to step up. Uh, with, yeah. with ja, that when, when Ja's playing, they kind of feel like, oh, well, Ja's going to take care of this. I don't have to play as hard. I'm, we're not going to do this. And I think the effort is definitely raised. Uh, since, since he's left. And again, I just hope they can keep that going uh, when, when he comes back. I think that's kind of one of the reasons why they had so much success because you lose a guy, you're like, man, we all got to band together and, and play team basketball and make up for this loss. And it's kind of, and you, you hate to see this, say this, but the cohesion and the chemistry seems to be a little bit better, uh, especially on the defensive end uh, than, than it was when Ja was there. And you kind of hate, again, hate to say that they're better without Ja because I definitely don't think that. But sometimes when, when you lose your leader like that, guys kind of kind of band together and and I think that's kind of what we've seen uh since, since he's been gone but I think when he comes back I think now that they played this well I think that he'll be able to fit back in and they'll continue playing well and again I think this team can really take off I was looking at the schedule for the rest of this month they got an opportunity to really put some some wins together I mean they got a lot of winnable games in the schedule they got some tough ones mixed in there I think they got a trip to Golden State later this month but they got got some home games that they to be able to win and, and some road games that are against some some of the lower tier teams as well. So they got some opportunities to make a move here. And I mean, we saw Shaw a couple days ago, no knee brace, no crutches out, shooting around, man, moving around, man. He looks like he's on, on the way back. So they they haven't gave an update on timeline. I know they're gonna be extremely cautious, but man, he looks pretty good from from the pregame shoot around and walk uh shoots and things like that. Man, he he looks pretty good, man. So I think we might see him back sooner than later. I don't think this is gonna be as long-term as we thought it would be. Yeah, and, and, you know, with them playing the way that they're playing right now, don't rush him. Don't yeah, rush there's, there's no reason to rush no, him at all. Man. Like, you winning games, let him rest. You've got that stretch. you got uh, Dallas on Wednesday, followed by the Lakers on Thursday of, of next week. So you got Miami Monday, Dallas Wednesday, Lakers Thursday. And then you have the Rockets, the 76ers, Portland Kings, Portland OKC. You know, you look at that schedule and the way that they've been playing, there's not any of those teams that you look at and you're like, oh, I don't know if they can beat those teams. If they continue to play at this level, 
they they're going to compete with any of those teams, and it's possible that they could beat all of them. And that's, you know, I, I'm not saying that they're they're just going to run the table next week. Miami is a tough defensive team. That's going to be a tough matchup. There was, but, but think about that. Guys. I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say the Miami game. We'll see. They might catch a break there. Right now, uh, Butler Bam will be out for sure, uh, yeah, even though he was out the first time, and that didn't didn't help very much at the first meeting in the FedEx Forum, but. Uh, Jimmy Butler's been out. Bam has been out, and Marquise Morris has been out. Now we'll see who comes. Who's will be who will be back on Monday? Bam definitely won't play. Butler and Morris could be back, but if not, I mean, I think that uh, another break for the Grizzlies, kind of what we saw tonight. But you still got to play well. I mean, that team is still extremely well coached. They're going to play great defense, so you got to play hard, just like you saw tonight. They're not going to lay down for you. Um, they took a couple close tough losses, lost uh, big to the Bucks tonight, so they're going to be trying to win no matter who's who's in those jerseys, but. If those three guys are out, I think that definitely definitely helps you. But you still got to come out and play a tough game. But it would be a, a, a break with Grizzlies visit some of their guys to kind of catch these teams when they miss some guys as well. Yeah, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see. But the, you know, the rest of those teams they just beat the Mavericks tonight. It's obviously a different ball game if KP and Luca are back. But it's still not out of the question that they could beat them even with those guys playing. The Lakers don't scare me at all. The Lakers no. have not done anything this season. You know, if if you're scared of the Lakers, you're scared of the names on the back of the jerseys more than you are the team because they've just not been impressive. And, and that's not to say that they won't put it together. We're just in early December. You know, I, I don't think it's at the point that they need to hit the panic button. They've not been fully healthy. I think a guy that they're probably missing more than anything, and, and it's not a big name, but Kendrick Nunn is a guy that I think would help that team yeah. tremendously. And I don't know that he's played a game all year so far. So, you know, th- th- still a lot of time left on the schedule for these guys to turn it around. But at this point in the season, there's nobody that they're heading heading into in these next couple of weeks that that I'm scared of. And so, you yeah, know. Yeah, it's got to look out of the stat sheet here. Some Kind of some weird numbers here. Look at the field goals. Uh, Grizzlies only 76 shots uh, up in this game, 37 of 76. For 48.7%. Dallas actually shot 31 of 92. So that's 16 more shots on goal uh, than the Grizzlies. They shot 33.7%. But that's uh, Grizzlies are plus six in makes, and the Mavericks are plus 16 in attempts. So that's pretty crazy, pretty crazy number to see. Grizzlies are 9 of 26 from three, 34.46%. Mavericks with 43 threes on a night, 15 of 43 for 34.9%. Uh, Grizzlies. Tough night for the free throw line, 14 of 24 for 58.3%. Dallas 13 of 19 for 68.4. Grizzlies win the battle of the boards, 52 to 42. Uh, Dallas out, Grizzlies out, offensive rebound battle, 14 to 10. Uh, Grizzlies 20 assists, Mavericks 19. Grizzlies 10 steals. Mavs 10 steals, five blocks on the night for the Grizzlies. 23 turnovers for the Grizzlies, 15 for the Mavs. 16 fast break points. Grizzlies win that 16 to 2. And 52 points to 22 points to the paint, the Venice Grizzlies plus 30 there. So, some some lopsided numbers, some weird numbers that the Grizzlies only got up 76 shots to the Mavs 92, and they still have still plus six and makes. I mean, that's kind of kind of wild there. But again, man, it just, just kind of shows the defense that the Grizzlies are playing, and it's definitely been better. I mean, they've been communicating better. Uh, they seem to be talking more, like I said, and been, being on the string, and they just look better defensively. I mean, just at the rim. The perimeter defense has, has been much better. Guys are not getting those open looks that we were seeing before this four-game winning streak. So it, it, it's just good to see because if, if this team plays defense, again, like you said, I mean, they can win a game different ways. They can score 120. Uh, they can score 97. I mean, this is the second game in a row that they've won scoring under 100 points. So, I mean, they can 
play any way you want to play it when they're playing good defense. And just hoping this is something that can continue because I think I'm not worried about this team offensively. The defensive end is where they're going to win games, and that's kind of what we've seen uh, over the last couple of years under Taylor Jenkins, and I'm glad to see that coming back. I just thought it was crazy to see how bad they were earlier because, I mean, we've seen pretty much the same personnel be so much better than that. It was just hard to fathom that they would be like that all season, and looks like they've turned the corner there. Yeah, and that's what, you know, Terry Davis asked Coach Jenkins in the post game about, you know, what what was it that is allowing you guys to get off to a better start? And Coach Jenkins is like, you know, we're 20-plus games into the season now. Yeah. And, you know, he kept saying yeah. that. We, we got kind of frustrated hearing the same stuff over and over again. But, you know, I mean, that, that's kind of been the thing. During this win streak, they've gotten off to good starts. They've played good defense. And this is all stuff that, you know, in, in the postgame and the pregame, when we would talk to him about it, He's like, you know, we're early in the season. We're early in the season. He, he talked about consistency and, and the effort that they've been putting in to focus on being consistent, and, and that's starting to show up. And it's crazy that it took John Morant going down in order for that to happen. Yeah, it, 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 it is crazy to see getting it. Like I, like I hate to like tread lightly when I, when I talk about that because I'm, I'm not definitely not going to say this team is better without John. I mean, that's craziness to say that but yeah. I mean you you can't argue that the defensive numbers have been better since he's gone down and again I kind of I've kind of laid out what it is I just think guys are playing harder and they feel like they have to give more than they have to give when Jaws there you just kind of hope that continues when when he's back in the lineup because I mean they need all hands on deck I mean I'm going to say this team is not at the level to where you can have some guys slough, slough off and, and they still win big I mean they need all these guys to be at, at, at pretty much peak level in order for them to have the type of success they're capable of. And, and you just hope to keep seeing that when, when Jock comes back. And, again, like, I'm not going to rush him, man. If you're still winning games, man, there's no reason to, to rush him back, man. Let that knee get fully healthy. Let him get rest and be ready uh, to, to, to come back and, and help this team continue to compete. I mean, to be in the spot that they're in now, like, I don't I don't think anybody – you looked up two weeks ago, and I don't think anybody thought we'd be talking about they being a four seed. Now, it's extremely close, but, I mean, they are where they are. And right now – you talk about that group of from four to ten, they're at the top of that power right now. Like again, three games behind Utah, something like that. So I mean, still, even if they they drop off, and to be at the top of that power right now without Jaw, it's it, it pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, I will say this with one hundred percent confidence that this team is better defensively without John Moran on the floor. And that's not me like that, that, that is not, you know, there's a fine line that nobody's above criticism. We say that all the time. And me saying this is not saying that the Grizzlies overall are better without John Morant, because that's craziness. And you all know that, but with John Morant off of the floor this season, the Grizzlies defensive rating is 106.4 that that's in the top third of the league at 106.4. With John Morant on the floor, their defensive rating is 117. Hold on, I lost it. 117.9. Man, it's like 11 points. That's, that's the, pretty the, That's the bottom of the league yeah. with, with him on the floor. And so it does make a difference defensively, but we know what John Morant can do for this team. It's just about getting him to, to me, like the, the stuff, the growth that we've seen from him this year, if he puts defense as a priority going into next offseason and we see growth defensively, 
that's going to be scary for the league. And that's you. I know that you can't have him putting all of his energy on the defensive end and not being able to bring you what he can offensively. Because if you look at the offense, the points per possession with John on the floor, they're 112, 112.3 with John on the floor. They're in the top 25% of the league. And with him off the floor, the, the offense, you drop down, you lose – as, not quite as much as you lost on the defensive end, like our gain on the defensive end, but you did see a four-point drop offensively. So, you know, it, it, that's not us saying that John, the Grizzlies are better with him or without him. That That's not that's not the case. Sorry, I'm stumbling a little bit. But I, I just – I don't want it to be confused into, oh, well, you're just bashing John. You think the Grizzlies are better without him because I don't. But – the numbers don't lie. John Moran is not a good defensive player. And if you've watched the Grizzlies any at all, you can say that with confidence. And I, and I'm almost positive that Ja has spoke on. He he's trying to focus more on defense, be a little more disruptive, be in those passing lanes, anticipate stuff. And that, that has improved, but not to the level that the other stuff has improved. Yeah, and I've talked about it. I mean, you can see it. I mean, he is putting in more of an effort. Like, you can see it with, with, with your eyes. Like, when, when he's guarding guys, he's doing more. I mean, I just think – I don't know if he'll ever be a plus defender, but whatever his ceiling is on that end, like, with the work ethic that he has, he's going to reach whatever that ceiling is. And, again, I mean, I can see strides that he's making. I mean, the numbers-wise, it hasn't really tried, but physically, with, with your eyes, when you watch him – playing defense, you can see him trying to do more. Sometimes he just still gets beat because he's just not a guy, not physically strong enough. He, he's, he's a little light, and, and guys can – he doesn't get around screens uh, the way he should because, I mean, he's just just not a big guy. And, and I think that's always going to be kind of an issue, but I think whatever his ceiling is, he's going to get there. And I've seen him try, try more on that end because I know he wants to be great, and, and he understands that he's not a good defender. He trusts me. He knows this. I mean, we talked about his shooting so much, and everybody talking about his shooting. Oh, he could shoot, and you can see the work that he put in in offseason. He's come back this season. He's a much better shooter. And he's going to work on the defensive end, and he's going to get to whatever level that he's physically able to get to, and we're definitely going to see that again. I don't think that will ever be a plus defender, but I think he'll get better than he is now. And if he does, I mean, it, it, it's scary already what he could do. And, and we've, I mean, we've seen guys that aren't – I mean, James Harden's not a great defender. There's a lot of guys that – aren't great defenders that are some of the better players in the league. So, I mean, again, this team, there are other guys on this thing that can make up that defense. He just needs to be a little bit better, and and I think they'll be fine. I mean, he's got to be in slight of size. It's just going to be tough for him. I don't think he's ever going to put on enough weight to where he's going to be fighting around these major screens that he has to fight around. But he can can get better, and I think he will get better. So I, I think I've got it. I've been sitting here while you know while you were talking. I figured out the perfect analogy for this man. He's never going to be Tony Allen defensively. No, he's but, but it, not. if we could get him, if the Grizzlies could get him to the level of Mike Conley defensively, yeah, huge. It's over with. <laughs> like that, that's massive. And, and he he's not there. He's not there at this point. Is he working on it? Yes. Do I want them to take him off the floor on times when it matters? No, hell no, absolutely not. They they need great, him on the floor. I was gonna say that's a great analogy though, because Mike Conley was an awful defender when he first came to the league. He yeah. used to get cooked. I remember 
when Brandon Jennings first came in the league and he's playing for the Bucks. I mean, he was, I remember one game, like people were booing Mike. I mean, he was getting cooked. Brandon Clinton was just taking him to the hole every time. Just lay up. Mm-hmm. He couldn't do anything about it, man. He really, really improved and became one of the better defenders in, in, in his position in the league. I mean, he became a really good defender. And, and that can happen. I mean, we've seen that happen with guys. And, and Mike, again, was a guy that really struggled defensively. You see what he is now, and you would classify him as a good defender now. And that that's something that Ja can work into because, I mean, Ja, I think, Overall, talent-wise, I mean, and we this has been a discussion here. Memphis and a lot of people get offended by this, but Ja is just a, a different player, breed than Mike Young. I mean, Mike only was great and great for these teams in the core four here, but we've never had a player here like Ja. And if Mike only can improve to, to the level that he is now, I definitely think Ja can as well. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Man, I, I think I got to wrap it up. This cold is, is kicking my butt. I've, I've gone about as long as I can go. So uh, you got anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here? No, man, just uh, Grizz get a day off tomorrow, travel down to South Beach, man, take on Miami. We'll see who's in that lineup. Again, Jimmy Butler, uh, Bam out of Bayou will definitely be out. He had surgery. I think he had a, a fracture of a finger. Um, he had to have surgery, so he's going to be out for a little bit. Marquis Morris is out with an illness, so we'll see if Morris and Butler are back. Uh, if they're not, that's a break for the Grizzlies, and those are opportunity for them to get a win. They lost to Miami earlier, so maybe they can split that season series, but other than that, man, nice win tonight, man. Four in a row, man. Let's try to keep it going on Monday. All right. Well, we'll wrap it up. You can get the show on Twitter at Ethos, E-T-H-O-S, Ethos Grizzlies. I'm at D-Will 2111. Isaac, let them know where they can find you and get us out of here, man. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Isaac underscore Rivals, I-S-A-A-C underscore Rivals. Man, really want to thank everyone for tuning in, man. We really appreciate it. Uh, Grizz Nation out there for – for, for kicking it with us, man, hanging in, tuning in to the Ethos podcast, man. We really appreciate that. Uh, but we'll be back early next week, uh, sometime after we take on the Miami. So be on the lookout for that. Until next time, for David, I'm Washington. We gone.